That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? <laughs> I just wanted to hear some I was I was uh driving in listening to Brene Brown, the, the her new book, uh, I think it's Atlas of the Heart. Okay. And it talked about like tranquility and silence and how everything's at peace. Uh understanding your emotions. It's, it's I love her cuz she kind of it's it kind of is it's fitting for today's subject. Um love and healthy love and non-healthy love and what direction do we go with the people that we spend the most time with, you know, in in, the, in our corporate environments, in our jobs or at home. But yeah. Yeah. So a little background, I was having a conversation with somebody that uh, another coach that, you know, I don't know, every month or so, two months, we will just schedule a call to stay connected. Uh, and she was talking about, we were talking about love and leadership and she'd mentioned kind of not tough love because I don't like that word that's that's different but the rougher side or the more candid side of love when it comes to the relationships that you build with the people in your organization or in your team you know we've talked before about loving on your people and and the positive side and not that it's not positive but the um, the squishier side or the you know getting your arms around them so to speak metaphorically and not necessarily putting your arms around people if, if they don't want to be hugged I'm a hugger <laughs> uh, but if you know there's the other side where you've at times got to be brutally honest with people or candid or I don't know how better to say it so when we were talking about it last night on the phone we came up with honest love and that's what I got written down for this this episode. What's funny is that you had a conversation about it prior to, right? A lot of people, um, we we consider love. It has to like it has to feel good, right? But it, that's not the only way love is shown. Um, and you know, people, some people. I remember we brought up um, people talking about calling it tough love. Mm. Right. Uh, I wouldn't essentially use tough love. I think we kind of agreed against the tough love part is because tough love is just the way it's used. The, the when I yeah, when I think of tough love, I think of it's almost got that connotation of when, especially for young boys, when you're growing up, you know, your dad. He gave you tough love, like to, to try to make you tougher. Or, Get up, or, stop crying, boy. Right. And, and so <laughs> when I think of, of the words tough love, right. that's what comes to mind. And that's not what we're talking about. I think about. that's what, I think for, even for me, like it's always, it has some, some type of physical violence in it or something. Like, I mean, really, yeah, we yeah. say tough love is like, even even in a, you know, a family sense, that's easy because usually the tough love is when you get hurt. Right, when yeah. you are hurt, you bleeding? No, you bleeding. shut up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, it's crazy. I do it at home. I do it at, at home. I'll, shoot, I did it at, at work. We running, and they start throwing up, and I'm like, okay, you can throw up while you're running. That's right. right? I'm, and, and me in my mind, it's like I'm making you stronger. Don't yeah. you see it? Don't you see it? Vomit on yourself. That will make you better and faster. And that is not the case. <laughs> well, that, you know, because of especially in our military lives, there is a physical component to. Our professional lives as well right. and so for for clarification that's not what we're talking about we're we're exploring more of what it means to have those difficult conversations with people that you really you know 
the people in your team that you really care about. I think it comes down to a point where it's where you where you practice compassion, uh, understanding, uh, empathy. Those those three things that kind of stand out to me. Um, but it it's regarding a, a tough subject that it, that most. I mean, I know we we I hit on this really quick and move forward, but like DEI is one of them, right? Having you know or someone's. Uh, different preferences they may have it could be it be older it could be a sexual preference that may be a, a not an issue but uh one of those overlaying things within the your your environment so it needs to be discussed and or how they're how they're handling it or how they're portraying themselves right how do you have these hard conversations and you know you might have you know for um your friend he you know your guy friend and he's like He's saying inappropriate, inappropriate things, and you—the right thing to do, you know, is to say something. And not you don't have to, you know, scold them. It's like, hey man, because I love you, and I and I and I I like you, or I appreciate you, or I think you're a good person. I want to have a hard conversation with you, right? You know? Because you're a valued <coughs> member of this team, and that's and that's exactly what I was going to say. Is is the it is the the hard conversation is that. It's, it's, and I think it's founded in integrity and accountability also, is having that integrity within yourself to hold somebody else accountable and say, hey, that's not landing the way you think it's landing. You know, and using, using uh, inappropriate jokes, I guess, is, a, is an example. Somebody who's, and especially for those of us that came up during a different time where not that it was ever right, but those things were kind of commonplace. And you know, as, it, as we've started to change and evolve and grow as a society, being able to pull somebody aside and say, hey, that is, you can't say that stuff. But that brings a good, because I'm thinking as we talk about the honest love, not everybody can handle your honesty. Like, it doesn't even matter what form it comes in. It can be, it can be brutal, unbrutal. It can be honest. It can be honest love. It can be tough love, however you want to, whatever, like, most people, and that's and that's a, been a big conversation with me, uh, my clients at, at home, right? They want you to tell them what they want you to be honest with them, but then they's like, "Well, why are you so harsh?" or "Or why did you have to say it that way?" Like we always feel that it has to be given, like love has to be given a certain way. If it doesn't look like rainbows and gumdrops and unicorns, mm -hmm. then it ain't love, and that's not realistic. Like honesty. Uh, comes from a place where of caring. It's not about what's being said. It's about how the person is saying it and who, what the reason they're saying it. The, the reason they're saying it because we get caught up into the, the words. Well, those words don't sound good, but the the whole part of, of being honest is you might not like what you hear, but it is the truth. And the only way, if I lied to you, then I would be wouldn't be doing. I'll be doing you an injustice, right? And People, we just, we, we want to, I guess go back to it. We want to, it needs to be warm and fuzzy. Every time you put love with something, it needs to be warm and fuzzy. And honesty is not always warm and fuzzy. It's not always going to be comfortable. It's not going to always be, um, people say it's wanted, but I will argue <laughs> that it is never, it likely it's like, it ain't honesty you want. It's, you want me to tell you what you want me to tell you. Right. It's not about what really needs to be said. And when you're looking at that honest love, when I think of honest love, I think of 
to you know, you know, I'm I'm riding across America to raise money for veteran first responder suicide, right? And honest love is like I see something's wrong, brother. Like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Being like when I tell you I'm having a hard day and you like call me if you need me, like or telling me something like that ain't realistic, Morgan. That ain't gonna happen the way you think it's gonna happen. Uh, you should do it this way. No matter if it if it's what I want to hear or what I need to hear, it's what it it's the truth. Right. So, well, I think the point you brought up earlier when you mentioned it's how you say something. So it's what needs to be said. How you say it is up to you. And I believe that's where the kind of art side of it comes in. Some people are better at saying things that are maybe not exactly what you want to hear. Some people are better at saying that than others. You know, and I'm thinking of the people that have no filter. And I'm using my air quotes for everybody. The people say, I, that's, the, that's just the truth. So I just told them the truth. I just told, right. And those are, you know, the abrasive people that they probably are saying what needs to be said, just not in a way that is going to be well received. And so you can, you can put it out there, but it, you've got to put it out there in a way that it's, that it's being received. And I'm thinking of how often in a team setting, professional setting, whatever, does somebody say, oh, that was a great job. And the first thing they do is go and, and redo it, right? So, so tell my wife when I'm cleaning the kitchen. It, well, <laughs> you know, so it's got many different contexts. But if somebody hands in the report and the supervisor, the, the leader looks at it and says, yep, great job. But then it's not a great job. It's not what was needed. It's not on point. It's not, it didn't meet the marks or the metrics or whatever. That's where that honest love comes in, in looking at that and saying, okay, I appreciate the effort or the amount of effort that it might have taken to to do all this, to produce mm. all this, but let's have a conversation about how we can make this better. How many times are you this <laughs> we talk let's talk about quarterly reviews and evals, fitness reports, right? How many times in your career have you seen like an officer you may have worked with or somebody else that have, have in a higher position? complain about somebody that they evaluate but they weren't truthful with them at the evaluation and morgan this happens Mm -hmm. all the time in corporate america too with some of the executive clients that i work with or organizations that you know we're working with and talking to you see people saying things exactly like that hey on our performance reviews you know this person's rated out as high whatever their system is they're rated out as high as they can be but everybody knows that they're not performing at that level. Or you wonder why they got they in the position yeah. or the title they held. They're like, and the same person that put them there is questioning how did they get there? Well, because you, you were afraid to hold them accountable. I think that's where honest love is, accountability. And that's uh, why I say accountability and integrity. The accountability is, is the accountability that you need to hold them to, right? right? And the integrity is within yourself, having the integrity and the courage to sit somebody down and say, this isn't right, or you're not meeting the metrics or the mark. Why don't they do? Like, why, why is it so uncomfortable for them to 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 do that up front? Like, we, you know, we talked about what they should do, but why don't they do it? Like, what 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 part is missing? Is it something within them? Is it is it a, a lack of education or intestinal fortitude? Like, however you want to put it. Like, I mean, is that case by case or? I think it's case by case for sure. I would say most people are uncomfortable having those types of conversations and would rather, those are the people that are on the surface level and not really getting 
down deep and with their people in the sense of, I really care about you and I want you to grow. I want you to progress. I want you to promote. And the work that you just turned in is not meeting that. That's a hard thing to say to somebody, especially if, you know, how often have we heard, oh, she's a great gal or, oh, he's a great guy. That's the excuse. That's almost a red flag, actually. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, tell me about him. Oh, he's a good dude. Yeah. Like, I'm questioning, like, what does that mean? Like, Well, and I've seen so many times, and I'm sure you have as well, where somebody is underperforming, and and maybe you've approached the leader about it, and they say, oh, yeah, but but she's a great, she's great. Or, oh, but he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. Okay, well, there's a difference between a, being a nice human and then not being able to perform whatever it is that the team needs. And most people ain't hired in every case just because they're a nice person, right? They're, there's some technical skill required in any position that you're hired for. So essentially just being a nice person, nice woman, nice man, nice boy, nice girl, that's not going to meet the billing description. <laughs> right, and, and you can split this in many different ways, right? Because you can have these same conversations with somebody who is maybe the opposite, right? They're very technically proficient, and they're awesome at their job. And I have actually worked with some clients like this, but they're very abrasive with people. Mm. And Technical you know, skill, but no people skills, that's no right. interpersonal skills. So, I mean, you yeah. can flip-flop the two. It's interchangeable. But it's really about the leadership or, you know, the people around them who love them in the in that team and professional sense, loving them enough to be honest with them and sitting down and saying, hey, you know, you rub everybody in the meeting the wrong way. What you're saying is exactly right. And your work is amazing. But you're not you're not being effective because you can't communicate it with people. I remember early on in my recon days, the big thing we always had to do was get calm up right get our radios up so mm-hmm. we could talk back to, to the ship right. and the i think this is kind of a great analogy they used to tell us if you can't get calm it doesn't matter how good at patrolling and being sneaky and all that stuff you are you might as well be out there in a clown suit right because if you can't <laughs> get the information back to the ship for them to make the decisions they're going to make you're useless out there and i think this person who's maybe really technically savvy and great at their job is that they can have all this skill in the world, but if they can't talk to other humans and relay that, communicate that, they might as well be out there in a clown suit too. It's it, it's sad one that we have that that we we have to identify those that are sitting in these positions that shouldn't be there because they feel like oh well I've done this and I've done this, but who are you? Like who are you? Because that is that is going to be conveyed in everything that you say and do, and if we are we call ourselves leaders, bad or good. Um, you have to know that your actions are going to be influential. And the way I evaluate you is the way when you become in my position, you're going to evaluate the next person. And then we wonder, like, where do we where do we miss the mark? Like, what happened? But we have to go back and say, let's revisit how we got here. Um, a lot of people or a lot of organizations are clueless. It's like, I don't know how, how we got to this point, <laughs> right? Well, who, who started it, right? Let's, yeah. let's reverse engineer this. Let's go through it. And, and usually when I'm working with a client, you know, uh, uh, corporate or athletic, it's like when you don't know how you got here, then you need to kind of go back in time and to say, okay, did this, because everything has a third and fourth order effect. 
So just because you you were trained or talked to like 10 years ago doesn't mean you're not using those same values and morals to when you sit down with somebody. And the, I think the biggest portion of that is as we're in this transitional time, um, I've been talking about this lately, is leadership is changing, right? Um, the way we express ourselves and communicate within the in the workplace now is different than where it used to be. And so some organizations have this older style of leadership, I'll call it that, more abrasive, like right. you said. Yep, yep. And so they they say things like, this how we it's how it's always been done or this how it should be. Uh why you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to fix it, but you can make it better. You can improve on any process, you can improve on any person. And we have to remember that just because we've always done it a certain way, like where we were in organizations that really didn't care about people, where it was more mission-oriented, that that doesn't mean that that's going to work today because society has changed, people are changing, and things are changing within the workplace, and we have to evolve or we're going to get left behind. I think that's going to be the greatest failure of many organizations, that they get stuck in the past and anchored in, in this bullshit, right, that they think is leadership. But just like every process has improvement every car has improved every uh manufactured home has improved everything that we do is continuously improving why because we're learning and the only way to really be successful as a leader and, and show that honest love is to like the first thing to know that i don't know it all and i still have a lot more to learn and i always tell people this especially people that I, i'm mentoring with as coaches or professionals is like you need to become a student of people like that's the key. You have to become a student of people because if you don't understand them, if you don't know who they are and how to work with them, how how do you get those interpersonal skills? How can you be show that honest love? You you become abrasive because you you haven't practiced, you've studied your craft, but you haven't studied how to interact. And that's a really important point, but it's so difficult for some people. For us, it's easy to sit down and talk to people. And it's, All day. Right. But <laughs> it's, talk to a thousand people. <laughs> and it can be difficult to have those conversations where you know it's a sensitive subject. And, and I'm thinking back to some conversations I had when I, was, when I was a leader in the military that were necessary, but they were uncomfortable for me as well as the person I was having them with. However, the, the, if you've built the right relationships with the team and the people in your team, when you sit down to have those conversations, they know you're coming from a place of love. They know you're having this difficult conversation with them because you want them to do better and you want them to exceed and excel, right? So there's, there's the difference between that and then the person who just doesn't have interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, as far as tips and stuff, like, I think building the relationship with people early on so that when you do have a difficult conversation, it's not the first conversation you've had with them, right? You have to establish that love and trust first. You have to build a relationship, sure. You do. Facts. And it, because yeah. if you don't, and, and Morgan, you're out there doing great all the time and you're just working, but I've never built a relationship with you or told you how well you're doing or how much I appreciate the work you do, then imagine the first time I bring you in, I'm like, you know, hey, you've worked here for 10 years and this report is off, your metrics are down or, you know, whatever it is that I use to measure you. And you're like, what I do for the nine, what I do for the other (laughs) nine years, right? Or or whatever. Um, Or is, is I've seen so many times and this pains me when the person who's being uh, corrected, if you will, Mm -hmm. is surprised. I've had to comment 
well, this is just catching me off guard. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, and so. Are you serious? Like, all the other comments I've made to you, but it's because sometimes we're not direct enough. And that's what, that's exactly it. Yeah. I think this honest love, a good tip is to be direct with people in a caring and compassionate way, but you have to let them know along the way, hey, you know, I appreciate your hard work or whatever it is. Like, and the, you know, there's the sandwich, right? The compliment sandwich where you give them a compliment or, you know, you tell them something positive. Then you give them the, the growth opportunity, if you will, in the middle and then something positive on the end. Sometimes that's effective. Sometimes that's necessary. But other times, depending on the relationship you have with the people, you can just say, hey, you know, I love you and, and you're doing great in all these other areas, but I need you to pick it up in this area. You know they call that the positive sandwich. Yeah, yeah. As I t- yeah, they yeah. call that the positive. You start with something positive. Hey, you've been doing great this week. And then you come with something negative. But this one thing, right? I think we can do a little bit better on. It's like it's a soft uh, kind of mm-hmm. correction. And then you end with like, I know you'll you'll take care of it. I know you get it done because you always do. And, and at that Morgan comes down to knowing your people, because I've had people that I would have to do that with. I knew they needed that. And then there are other people who are like, yeah, 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 just tell me, tell me what I need to do better. They don't need all the, the excess stuff. And not that it's good or bad, but that, again, comes down to knowing your people. And in, in 100% of every leadership situation, if you don't understand the environment, that means between you and that person, their home life, um, you can't be as, effect, as effective as you need to be. Like you said, really getting to having a relationship with them. And this is where that part where you you have to there people are like well I don't I'm not there to like you I'm not there to what you you have to under you don't have to like them but you need to understand because you can be the straw that breaks the camel's back because they can be having problems at home they can be having and we can't talk about these things in the workplace but that doesn't mean you can't know right you can't go asking like you know what what how's your wife and how's your relationship going no you can't do any of that but you can be you can open your ears, open your eyes, because people show you how they're feeling. They t- they don't have to verbally tell you. You can see their interaction, but you but to, to do that, you have to actually care about your people too. And just being there, being the sounding board. So you're right. I think in you know at one one point we're going to get somebody uh, with an HR background in here. I think that you are not necessarily like you're you're saying able to ask, hey, how's you know. How's how's your relationship going? But if you're if you're listening to your people and and creating that space where they can say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm off this week. I'm having trouble at home." You won't even have to ask. If they know you care, that you won't even have to ask. All you do is say, "How's your day, man? How's your weekend?" That's one thing I practice as a leader. It's like just what's going on with you, and they'll say, "Everything's good." No, like 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 how was your weekend? Like what 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 did you do? And then you just have a general conversation. And once you get that pattern, as they get more comfortable, they they trust you more. And you take – hold on. It's not just they trust you more. You take care of their relationship, mm-hmm. right, because you got to feed into every relationship. And they start to open up to you. You're going to learn that your job is going to get easier in, in the long run because you care it up front. And most people that don't – say if you're a leader and you like the, – the people don't think you care about them, it's because you're probably not consistent. And that, yeah, consistency is key. Consistency is 100% key because you can be like, I always ask him, you know, how he's doing, but like, when do you ask them? Well, I was how ha- often do you ask them? Yeah. You know? I was having this conversation mm-hmm. with somebody the other day about the difference between a, a genuine response or a genuine question. So 
how often do you walk down the street and see somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? Great. That's so superficial. Correct. As opposed to talking to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? You know, and, and I had a, a buddy who used to say, I'm doing awesome. Like if he was. And, and I was like, you know, and he said he, he used the, the example that everybody says they're great or everybody says they're good. But what does that really mean? You know, but if you tell somebody, hey, I'm really awesome or really expound on it. And then when you're not, you say, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing so. Well. Oh, well, well, you know, is there anything I can help you with? And a tip that I think we could provide our listeners to take away is open-ended questions that are specifically ambiguous or specifically vague, I guess, in the mm-hmm. sense of, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? Or, um, you know, basically just how was your weekend or something like that in the sense of allowing them the space to say whatever they want and to take it as far as they want. And be willing to help. Don't say it if you're not like, because <laughs> if you ask them, I always ask people, it's like, how can I help you? Or what, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. I don't say that. I actually don't say that anymore. I say, if you need some help, please let me know. And then, because I, I keep it open ended for myself too, because I'm not able to help in every situation. I'm just going to be honest with you. You might say, I need 10 grand. I'm like, I ain't got it. Right. Or, right. you know, so something like that. So it's like, let me know what's, let me know if I can help. And they said, this is what's going on with me that I can pick and choose. I'm not going to be specific. Or, you know, if you need some money, do this. And you have to be very careful with the, with when you say that, because you could, you don't know. If you really don't know what's going on, you can get, you, you know, something crazy and that you're not prepared for. Uh, I always recall where I was coaching this young lady in the, in the open water swimming. And I asked her, you know, I was, and I was cocky too. And I, and I still am, but <laughs> cause I'm good at coaching for swimming. Right. And so she came to me and I was like, so what's your issue? And I'm like, coach Morgan is ready to help. And she was like, well, I got bit by a shark. I wasn't ready. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, because you hear about the, you hear about certain scenarios, but you never think they'll happen to you. And I was like, that's almost like the ultimate water fear, right? You know, other than drowning being the next one. And I was like, okay. Um, and it took me it it, it it took me back because I got into a place where I thought I could handle everything, and. I haven't handled everything, so how can I think that? I've never experienced everyone's issues or traumas, so how can I assume that I'm going to be prepared for everything? The only way to prepare myself is to understand that I don't know everything and let them know. It's like, I'll do what I can to help, but if it's something out of my range, you know, how you say it is going to be different to the person in this situation, though. What was coming to mind for me was instead of using the word help, using the word support. How can I best support you? Mm. That's a I great. Just something in. That's yeah, a that's great a thing better. to say to your people because help implies yeah. that I'm trying to rescue you. Or again, that's I'm gonna hey, do it for you. That's right, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. There's ego, right? There's our friend <laughs> ego for this episode. I'm but, trying to make myself like I'm. I did this for you instead of saying like, yeah, what me, do you need? That's right. Let me flip my cape back and mm. and uh, fly in here and, and solve all your problems, as opposed to saying, how can I support you? Because if somebody's having problems at home, let's say use that as an example, and you encounter this at work and you say, how can I support you? They might, the way you might be able to support them is just, hey, give me a little grace today if you see me crying in the break room or something, right? That's okay. powerful, man. Like, oh, that's, that is, oh, that is so powerful. How can I support you? Because some people don't need help. They just need to know they're not alone. Or that that's exactly it, that you're, 
you know, there's, of course, a thousand resources out there for stuff and, and all that. And that comes into support, not me solving your problem, but me supporting you human to human. I know that was a good one. <laughs> that was because we use this. So like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that from this day forward. I'm going to do my best to say that every because I think it's just it, when you said it has to be open ended. Like that one is because they could still say how you could help, but they also could say the things that you may not be capable or in the place in your life to even help with. That's right. Right. Financially or mentally, because some people need more than you you can give. Like even me, I can handle a whole lot. A whole whole lot. But the thing about me, I'm helping so many people, I've learned how to process certain things, the normal stuff. But so when I really in in need, when when Coach Morgan is in need and I who do I drop that on? But when you ask me how can I you support me, just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, just you asking is sometimes it's just you asking is the support I needed know, to know that you care. Right. And we go back to consistency and making sure I think another part of that is like asking how you can support um, being consistent with that and not just doing it uh, when you when you when it benefits you. And, you know, what's funny is I've <clears throat> I've encountered people that were just crushing it. And so for their annual review or their six month review, and I was doing their stuff or sitting down with them in the military. We called it midterm counseling. And they're like, what can I do better? And I almost feel bad or I remember feeling bad saying, honestly, I've got nothing for you right now as far as what you can do better. Because on at least at my perception and mm-hmm. everything I see, you're crushing it. And so it's okay, I think, to say that. Is it, it Well, as long as it's genuine and as long – what I was going to follow up with is as long as other times, other counselings I've had with them, with these people, I've said, hey, you could step it up here or you could do this a little better. I don't know. Like, wouldn't, isn't the whole point of that to, is to, like, you counsel them about the quarter, but you're also trying to improve them for next. So if you give them nothing to work on, how can they continue moving forward? Well, but if you're being honest with people – there are times when people are going to, you know, at that specific moment in time when you sit down with them and I've racked my brain, but I also don't want to give them something they need to work on or grow on if it's not genuine and honest. And that's where that love comes down. And that's what made me think of that, Morgan, was consistency. Mm-hmm. That's where the consistency comes in. So if I've had growth, you know, opportunities or growth um, recommendations for them three times before this one, and then this one comes up and I'm like, you're crushing it right now. Keep doing what you're doing. And then I, I, the other question to follow, and this is a good tip, I think, for our listeners, follow that up with, is there is there something that you think you could be doing better? Is there an area that I don't see, a blind spot that I have about you, where you know you could be doing better? And if you've developed an honest relationship with that team member, they're going to tell you, yeah, I probably could step it up in this area. So with with, with the subject of honest love, like, could you even say, what can I do better to help you? I I will tell you this. That is <laughs> like always. Because it, it may not mean anything they could do, but you could be hindering them and you don't even know it. And that was always my last question is what can I, what can I be doing better to serve you? Because as a leader, you know, and it goes back to my whole thing, who are your customers? Those people are my customers. I'm there to serve them. And so that's a part of the honesty. What could I be doing better to, to serve you and facilitate your growth? Um, and the way, you know, we're talking about like that conversation that you have with them and we're talking about like going through these steps and asking these certain questions. 
if you say it in a way, and this this is about totally about facilitating that conversation, is like if you say it in a way that's rigid, um, it lacks emotion, or it's more of an interrogation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that is not genuine, right? And if you have issues with that, um, then you probably need to practice that before you go in there. Because these questions are not like, let me just write out one, two, three, and you just answer them and go through it and say, get up and go. It's like you have to have a, a real conversation with real people about real issues uh, that they can use in their real lives, like their their corporate environments, their their organizational environments. If you don't know how to, like, portray that, like, it, it, it should not. I'll say this again. It should, you know, I always tell people you should do this, this, and this, and then they literally go back and Read that question, read right. that question. Request. I said, yeah, but that was so rigid. It's got to be in their voice. You and I would ask questions totally different. I try to have a conversation about yeah. the questions I want to ask so you can naturally want to share them with me. I don't want, like, how was your day going? Tell me what you did yesterday. I was like, what's been going on? Yeah. How is that? And I'm, I'm more curious. That I'm not just saying, what are you doing? Answer this and, and going on, so on and so forth. And we have to be able to, that honest love is not only with, we go back and we talk about ego and, and, and different things like that. Honest love is with yourself. Because if you don't honestly love you to tell you the truth, you can't you can't show up for other people. You just can't do it, right? Uh, the the strongest leader is the one that shows up for themselves. That, 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 that you have to, it just goes back to the thing we've always talked to in many episodes. The first person you need to fix, yeah. the first person you need to work on is you. The more you work on you, the better the people around you are going to be. You don't have to make them better because leadership is essentially, at its core, influential. What you do is what they see is what they do. You got to put your oxygen mask on first. We say that probably, you know, every other episode or something. (laughs) And I totally agree with that. What advice could we give our listeners for being honest up? So we've been talking a lot about leadership down. Right, so from the leadership to the members in the team, but if you've got a well-functioning, like, we need like a scalpel. For that. Yeah, if you've got a really high-functioning, efficient team, a really tight team, there are going to be times when the members of the team need to tell the leader something. And how often do people not do that? Well, timing and environment—that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like we try. <clears throat> Sometimes we try to we try to make those corrections or give those recommendations in at the wrong time, uh, in the wrong environment. You know what I mean? I think if you're going if you're going up, then it should be a one on one thing. It shouldn't be given with multiple people. Definitely a tip there. Don't don't do it in front of a bunch <laughs> yeah, of people. Don't do it in front of a bunch of people. Um, Make sure you have the relate. Yeah, still building a certain relationship that you know is one, and, and us either being first or second in command, no matter what we've been, what we've done in our career, right? So you get to a point where um, you have to have courage too. And I think I think the responsibility lies with the leader first to build the type of relationship that says you can come to me. You can come to me because as much as I'm trying to help you grow, I don't grow if you're not crushing it or i do what i call it people say i got this open door policy i say you mean the screen door right yeah i can see through it but i can't come in (laughs) well and that's that's a great point because i do have clients that say i don't have an open door policy 
because they're so busy, right, that they 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 don't have the time for that extra the extra bandwidth. What are you doing? Well, it, what they do to be effective is say, I'm, my door is open during these times, right? So their people know, hey, if the door's shut, like, it's not that they don't want to talk to me, but they're locked in doing whatever. But then when they have the door, but, and that works for these people and their team. Mm-hmm. But you, again, it's all about, because not every team's the same. An open door does, certainly does not work for every team. If you, I'm telling you right now, if I work with somebody, that door is always closed, you don't care nothing about me. Absolutely. That's how I absolutely. feel. And what if we replaced, and here we're going to get super squishy, so hang on, everybody. What if we replaced <laughs> open door with open heart policy? Yeah, that was squishy. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so, I feel so loved in this moment. No, but what I'm saying is <laughs> building that type of relationship where you can always come to me with something, maybe not right at that moment. And I think we've talked about this in the past where if I was deep in the middle of doing something and somebody walked in my door because I, 99% of the time my door was open and I built a type of relationship with the people that I led where if they walked in and I was in something, I would stop what I was doing and go sit out on, on the desk and I've knocked on your door even when it was closed. And like, cause uh, sometimes it's something is pressing yeah. and like you knock and be like, what is it? And then. I've had the thing where I'm sitting there with somebody, somebody comes in and they say, oh, this is whoever I'm talking to. Could you give me a moment? Well, like th- something needs to be, cause you can, yeah. cause you, cause but you have that trust. I, I know that when I knock on your door, you're not going to crush my soul. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly, <laughs> well, there's that. And there's also the, the honesty, the honest love of being able to say, Hey, I can't, I can't give me five minutes. Right. Cause I, what I'm doing right now, I can't stop. And I've had people walk in my office where I've, pause long enough to look at him and say, hey, have a seat, grab a coffee, give me five minutes, I'll be with you, but I've got to finish You've what I'm doing. you like that too. Right. <laughs> but it's honest. Like, it's you respect on- it. I know you, you're going to finish what you're doing, you're going to give me your full, but that also is a level of respect because I want to make sure that I'm giving you my undivided attention. I turn, I, I put the phone under uh, the in, in my drawer, or I turn it over, or I turn the, the ringer off, uh, or I tell people, like, you know, put a sign on the door, say, you know, I'm in in a session or do not disturb it's really focusing on the people so they have that that ability that when you need to you know they 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 appreciate you i, I get this from a lot of clients like what do you enjoy i've asked people like why do you why me it's because you're honest it's not and it's not always what i want to hear but it's what i need to hear and the way you deliver it it's not in a place where it's degrading or mean it's like i know that you truly care and you just want the best for me because and I've literally built my business off that honesty. Because one day I asked, I had social media, I posted out there, what are what are some of the things that you think bad coaches lacked? And the biggest one, the biggest one was honesty. And see, that's the that's the open heart that I'm talking about, though, right? You're always there for them. You might not be able to answer in that exact moment, but you're always there, and you're able to be honest enough to say, hey. Give me five minutes. Give me twenty minutes. I, you know, or which was the generally the case with me, stopping what I was doing and walking around and talking to him. But you can't always do that as a leader because you are deep in the middle of something. Yeah, um, when you said at first, when you said deep in the middle of something, it was I was thinking about um, somebody have I, this. Is how what I envision somebody had the door closed and they were always working. Well, for for me, in my opinion, is. At certain levels, you have to. You're working leaders, right? There's those supervisors, those 
there's people on the floor. But at a certain level, you are your job is the people, right? Your job yeah. is the people. You need to do your thing. I totally get it. That's why sometimes you say, man, why are you still here? Because I've been talking to you all day, and I still got – I have work to do, right? And for me, it's people first, mission second. That's just how I think, right? You can say all oh, this mission, but the people – accomplish the mission and when you take care of the people you ain't got to worry about nothing mm -hmm. it, it, it will happen because they have the same pride that you uh, display and if you take care of them if you really show up and show out just for them they'll do the exact same thing for you so the mission is always going to some people just want to and that's, I think that's where the environment is changing because it used to be that. like what do we have to create I don't care what you got going on I don't care how right. you feel what what do we need to get finished? I, I remember I had somebody tell me I was going through some stuff um, uh, at work. I had just came back from Afghanistan and I was dealing with the, I was just dealing with like feeling numb and all that stuff. And I went to a leader and he told me, he's like, you still got a job to do. What you want me to do about it? Yeah. Well, what? that's like, we're here what? to make the donuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you serious? Like I literally came to you and that hurt. And, I, and that, that, that I'm telling you right now, that's, that diminished, canceled out, got rid of any relationship that we had. I don't care how many lunches we went to, how many times we've had laughter and talk. The moment I sh I was there, um, and I needed you, and you didn't you didn't show up for me, yeah. right? And I I say that to to say this is like sometimes you only get one chance at this. Yeah. Well, and especially something as monumental as that, and imagine. But you don't know. Like, so how do you, you know what I mean? Well, but imagine the conversation, how it would have, and how you would, because I can tell just by your body language how you feel about that person, right? Imagine how the conversation would have went if that person, that leader would have said, well, what can I do to support you? Coach Morgan likes everybody, but Coach Morgan is on the fence about that person. Well, but you know, and, and that's, <laughs> a, that right now. that's a great example, though, Morgan, of somebody who is probably very good at their job, but not as great with people. Because in I, that I would moment, say he, he, uh, he, she, they, he, they, uh, them, um, was a, is amazing at their their technical proficiency. And you see this a lot in healthcare, <laughs> right? You see a lot of of healthcare providers, physicians, and stuff like that that are amazing at what they do, but not great at. I've met psychologists like that, yeah. therapists. I'm like, it's crazy. Like and yeah. people like. I know I know somebody is listening to this podcast right now and been to a therapist or talked to somebody that deals with people and he's like, How do you have this profession? Like right. how are you how are you surviving here? Because you don't get it. Because they have the technical skill, the 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 study base, the knowledge, the procedural based things, and they do that well and that works for somebody out there. Right. But like the as we again, as we adjust in society, as you want to grow your 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 organization, you want to bring value to your team. It's understanding that before these people are your employees, they're people. Yeah, they're humans. They're mothers and fathers. They're sisters and brothers. They're aunties and uncles, and you have to understand that whatever is going on in their life, they will bring it to the work section we carry around everything in a backpack every day bag everybody got baggage and, and that's why it's important you know and, and as we start kind of wrapping this one up like that honest love that's why it's important to as much as we're always talking about loving on your people and caring about your people being honest with them in those moments where it's uncomfortable or difficult or feels weird 
is just as important as all the praise and and you know accolades and all the things that you want to give them it's it's i would argue it's almost more important because that's when the real growth happens with people is when you pull them aside and say hey i love you but here's here's what you did wrong or here's where you can grow you you got to so end it was with you have to be consistent like you have to show up for them every day if you tell them you're going to do something for them you have to actually do it right the moment you start making the pattern where you do the opposite of what you say and what you do, then you're going to lose your people. And then that leadership value that you once had is going to be lost. And it could be lost forever. There are many times where you can build it back, but it's easier not to go down that road than to, mm -hmm. to, to rebuild something that has been torn apart. And be open if you are a leader and, and I think everybody's a leader in some, you know, degree, depending on where you are professionally. But be open to the honest love being reciprocated. Be open to them saying, hey, here's what we need from you for for us to all be better collectively as a team. I think that's extremely important as well. That honesty goes both ways. I agree. I, I think that's the biggest portion of why um, when I ask and I, and I ask this question a lot, people. Uh, what can I do better? Mm -hmm. um, and I and even when I, I say it now or when I write it down, I cringe, but I'm ready. Yeah, right? because I know the improvement is gonna that it's gonna make in my life, and if I can be better, um, that's gonna benefit not only me but everybody around me, my children, my my workers, my athletes, my clients, whoever it is. The more I grow, the better leader I can become, and the more I can give to bring value to everybody else's life. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, honest love. Please like us on or, you know, follow us on Instagram. On and everything. On everything. <laughs> all the all the socials. Uh, make sure and leave us. How many stars do we, we well, want? Five stars. And if you want to put a sixth one, put it in the comments, right? Yeah. Because you can use your little star emoji. Um, but we, we, we always want to hear what you have to say, what's what's good in the podcast, if we could do something better. We've had some feedback about, you know, sometimes I'm too far from the mic. Jody always reminds me. But that's that's beneficial because we want to bring the best quality session, uh, a podcast session, to you every time we speak. And if, if we can do something better, just like we just talked about, honest, honest love, love right there. tell us what we can do better so we can do it for you. And we're, we're listening and we're ready to implement. And if you've got ideas about uh, topics, please send them to us. So other than that, uh, I think that wraps us up. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Have a great day.